Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey guys, welcome to Church Planner Podcast. This is Peyton Jones. Hey, we want to tell you a little bit about Logos Bible Software. If you've never used a Bible tool, this is like the Cadillac of Bible software. Now, we can't all be Matthew Henry. You read his commentary, that guy's popping off like back in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 9. They didn't have concordances, but they had that stuff memorized. You know what? You don't have to have the Bible memorized. You get Logos Bible software. It integrates not only like the most powerful word searches on the planet. It's got original language searches. And you can even incorporate things like the full library of C.H. Spurgeon and almost anybody else who's out there in the published world. Check out LogosBibleSoftware.com. Logos Bible software. You don't have to have the Bible memorized anymore. True though, you know what? I I I read those old guys; they're my favorite, and I always trip out how they'll they'll just pull these scriptures out. This one this one time, Spurgeon's like, "Often we set out from Tarshish, like the ships loaded with gold on their way, yet we are often shipwrecked at Ebion Gezer." And I'm like, "What in the heck? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Then one day I was reading. In Chronicles, where uh, the the ships that Solomon sent out got, you know, or this is one of those guys, that they got shipwrecked, it, it, it being geezer, and all the treasure went down. And I remember just going, Spurgeon just assumed that his audience was so well read in the Bible that they just got that reference. It was one of, like, many biblical references he threw out during that sermon. Hey, Church Planner, you're listening to the Church Planner Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Logo Software. 
Just buy it, you moron. <laughs> That's a new slogan. <laughs> oh. hey, uh, no need to send us copy logos. We've got it. <laughs> hey, oh. biblically illiterate idiot. Just get this software because your people are suffering because you're a moron. How's that? Oh, man, I tell you. Uh, and I, I wonder why our numbers have been stagnant for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we, we were joking around last night about the new soundbite, which is uh, our <laughs> podcast is huge. It's the best podcast. Ask anyone around. They'll tell you. All the Make church knowledge. planting great again. What are you doing? <laughs> Where are you? I'm trying to find a place that doesn't have a freaking echo because I'm filming today in my uh, – I can't find a place in this church building where the Batcave is because I, I need the Batcave to film. And this place is like Echo Central. Can you hear it? Yeah. It's bad. So I'm trying to eliminate the echo. So, okay, I got to tell you something that I kept doing at Thanksgiving. It's really bad. My mother-in-law is 86 years old, and she has one of those. Is it Which, which brand makes the echo? I have no idea. Is that Google? I don't know. It's like Google. Dude, where, wherever you are, you're breaking and, up, and, man. So get to a good location with your phone and just stay there. Dude, I'm at a Baptist church. There is no good location for Wi-Fi. That's like the rule. So and can you hear me? Yeah. So during Thanksgiving, my, my mother-in-law, we're at her house, and she has an echo. And she'll be like, you have to yell at those. Like, you can't just go, hey, you know, Google. Um, you can't like the, the home Amazon. For Apple. It's, it's, it's Amazon. Okay. Amazon echo. Okay. So you can't just yell. I mean, you can't just talk to, to most of them. Most of them, you have to say it kind of loud and you know, you have to raise your voice with the home pod. You just go, Hey Siri. And she hears the, Hey Siri. And then she switches on. So if you say like, are you serious? She goes, yeah, what can I help you with? So, Anyways, um, during Thanksgiving, um, there's a bunch of people there. And every time we're getting ready to do something, because she's, she's kind of deaf. So she has her thing turned up like super loud, her Amazon Echo or whatever it is. And I kept going. I th- It must be a Google because I kept having to say Google. I'd be like, hey, Google, play music. And she couldn't hear me say that. But all of a sudden, like the thing would start playing. And she'd be like, oh, how is that on again? And she'd start yelling at Google. No, Google, turn off. And uh, she never caught on. And I got away with it about five or six times. It was pretty cool. <laughs> we we're getting ready to like sit down and pray. And I'm like, I was, I was kind of next to it. And I lean over and I go, Google play music. <laughs> That's so, so bad. It is bad. There was no motive for me to do it other than the fact that I'm evil. And it brought and, you in. Uh, I need, I need Jesus. Yeah. Oh, and I got hot water now, dude. You haven't had hot Last water, night. huh? I haven't had hot water in my house for 15 months. Wow. Did you not know that? That's like, that's like my big life event that I don't have hot water. You didn't know that? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. Are you living back in your house yet? Yeah, we've been living like Charlie Bucket's family. We're like, we're in the kids playroom. We have no bedrooms in my house right now. So all my kids are living like their beds on one end of this playroom and our beds on the other end. So it's, I always tell people it's like Charlie bucket, like our toes are touching in the bed, you know, grandpa George and Georgina. When is your house? Grandpa be Joe done? and Josephine. I'm um, supposed to be yesterday. Uh, two weeks. Supposed to be this weekend, this two, weekend, two weeks. Supposed to be 
tomorrow, <laughs> two weeks. It's supposed to be tomorrow. So, dude, I'm I'm just telling you, like I've had concrete saws and jackhammers, and I'm just I'm saying, if you now. are all still living in one bedroom, it's not going to be done this weekend. Certified backfiller, you're looking at him right here, pal. This is all the certified backfiller you need. So if I show up at your house to see your handiwork, is it going to pretty much look like a trashed little shack? <laughs> it's going to be the nicest uh, studio apartment you've ever seen. <laughs> Dude, i got to send you a picture. Um, i got to text this to you. This is, uh, this is my new – remember I told you on uh, the podcast we just did that I have a new uh, work desk and a work table for all of my gunsmithing? I just sent you a picture of yeah. it. I'm very proud of it. I like it almost as much as I like my guns. I was out in the garage yesterday, and my wife came out there, and she's like, are you pretending like you're working while you're doing some gun stuff? I go, I'm not pretending like I'm working at all. I'm just doing gun stuff. Okay, it just came through. Huh? What do you think of that little baby? Wow. You built that? No, I paid someone to build it. I ain't like you. <laughs> <laughs> you out of your mind that I, I was build like, it? Wow, I didn't know you had these skills. I do not have That's those skills. I have the skill really of money. Cool. I give someone money dude, and they do it. Dude, I'm scared of you now. It's like I'm gonna load my guns here. I, I'm actually you gonna get into deeper. what's called reloading, where you make your own ammunition. <laughs> Half the reason I wanted a standing table, and the the desk part I wanted so I can sit there and clean my firearms. Okay. Everybody, it's like a tool bench that's in an L shape with a desk. The L part of the L is like the desk, where it's like his loading loading dock, you know, where he can load them. And I'm just saying, man, I just picture you sitting there like Norm going, you took my steepler. I'm going to teach you. I like that <laughs> You know steepler. what the best is? Okay, if you look, <laughs> I started to put all of my gun stickers, and I wished I hadn't given them all to Luke because he lost most of them. And so I started putting them all along that baseboard right there. And and so my kids were like having the greatest time. Oh, let's go put we found more stickers and Luke like wanted to take these monster truck stickers that he's got. I'm like, no, it's gotta be gun related. But it's got an American flag. I go, the American flag is gun related. And he's like, No, it's not a that is yes, so it is. Funny. But look at the look at the sticker near the left, right underneath the one that says nine millimeter. Do you see that sticker? I voted. I voted. I voted. <laughs> That to me was the best sticker, <laughs> dude. So you need like a Deadpool sticker on there. So oh, Deadpool would be. I okay. see your Magpul, and I thought that was Deadpool, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what you need on there. No, Magpul is the see. Right this brand. is this is why you need to be my friend. You know, I have good ideas sometimes. Oh de- yeah, I like the Deadpool. I'm eventually that whole thing is just going to be covered in stickers, and uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, Dude, Target had like this. Okay, so everyone, everyone's judging me now, but um, I've not seen part two, but I watched part one in the airplane, so I, I, I didn't have to watch the nasty version. But um, the uh, they had like a Deadpool um, giant action figure. It must have been like twenty inches, twenty four inches, something like that. He was he was pretty big, and uh, he has all these guns, and you could change his heads out at Target. I foresee him sitting there, fully kitted out on your on your desk stand there. He was only a hundred dollars, but think of all the joy and happiness that will buy you Pete. Each time you look up and you, you see him and you're inspired and like, yeah, I'm going to load more. It's okay. I don't feel like loading, but I do it for Deadpool. I do it for Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, yeah. So it was funny because yeah. Go ahead. I was just gonna say we should probably tell everyone what today's topic is gonna be. Oh, uh, today's topic is smack talk. Um, so today's topic is actually um, it's interviewing me. I know that sounds weird, but, but uh, it is interviewing me at uh, about my church plant. That is silence that, right is there is topic? everyone clicking off the podcast going, eh, I've already heard Peyton. <laughs> yeah, we, dec- we decided today that you, you would interview me because do you, this do you is know a what today's episode podcast. is? I'm getting ready to church plant. Do you know what today's episode is? What? We're at 297. You know what that means? 297? 300's oh, coming yes, up. I do. 300. The episode about 300's <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Which is literally, if you guys don't know, it's the episode about us doing the 300 episode. That's kind of a tradition. I think we could actually like get some uh, get some movie clips and sound bites from the movie 300. This is this. George Plantain. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny! You've seen that video I made, right? Yeah, years that ago was from years 300. Ago. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's an oldie. That's a classic. I think I'm gonna throw that up on my channel just to uh, in celebration. I like it. We train church planners. We 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 basically took the 300 movie, put it in Espanol, and then uh, put subtitles. For, <laughs> but the uh, subtitles back. are not in Spanish. That's they're not in Spanish. This the subtitles are. So this you know, somebody's like stuff, but it's so, at- somebody who's trying to learn English is like, oh great, I can read it. While I'm listening to it in my native tongue of Spanish. <laughs> it's so funny because there's this one part where it, whatever he says, it sounds almost like Diablo. So I, I put, I have the guy going, this is the devil. Because these guys are, you know, the elders from uh, Sparta come to stop the soldiers. And, uh, and and during that scene, I have it almost like their church leaders going, no, this is wrong. You can't train people to plant churches. We have enough churches. And uh, it's pretty funny. You know, speaking and, uh, of uh, this is wrong, you shouldn't train church planners. You know what? I, and I know that this is not really smack talk. This is actually like more of, more of the content for the podcast. But the thing that I have been overwhelmingly shocked and heartbroken over is the controversy of the dude who just died trying to take the gospel to that tribe and wherever it was. Um, oh. You know yeah, what I'm saying? That's, that's interesting. And they're like, hey, maybe that should be our topic today, dude. I'm telling you, man. I am like, like Dan Let's Sams. Do that is our topic. We'll, we'll we'll push the other one off till next week. I want to talk about this. Dan Sams, you know, uh, friend of the podcast. He's been through the uh, the Platinum Bible Inner Circle training, and he's a fellow uh, gun enthusiast. Pastor leads a, a house church movement there in, uh, I believe it's Ohio, if memory serves, and. um I was noticing on his his Facebook wall, you know, there we go again with Facebook, just like the last podcast. But like, you know, these these people are on there and and I can only assume that they consider themselves Christians. And I don't know that, right? So I shouldn't perhaps assume, but they talk as if they're Christians. Uh, or from the vantage point of Christians. They certainly don't talk like Christians. But like this one guy was like, you know, he should have seen the the red flags. He had no sending church. He didn't have enough funding. Uh, you know, and he goes into all these reasons as to why this guy should not have 
have taken the gospel to these people. And I'm like, because, you know, like part of the big thing that you've been hearing from people is, oh, all the diseases that people could bring to the, the native tribes and, and, you know, they're just trying to spread Christianity. And, and I'm like, do none of you realize that sin is terminal? Like, has that thought not crossed anyone's mind? Like, so what if your body dies? If your soul dies, you know, game over. Wait, 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 wait. Where's right. game over? Here we go. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. And I'm like, I'm like heartbroken thinking these are, these are quote unquote Christians. These are people who right. think they're speaking with authority on right. what Christians should be doing. And I'm like, sin is terminal, like terminal. Right. Right. Not not just physically terminal, yeah, spiritually terminal. It's a pseudo-intellectual thing. And I, I get, like, I get the concern health-wise. Um, is, is there... Is there research that could be done before you go? Is there? Well, and apparently, you know, as, as you not, probably but... know, as you probably know, he actually was aware of all that stuff, and he was in quarantine he before he went. He was vaccinated up right. the wazoo. I mean, he did know that that stuff hadn't come out, but already the, the judgment. So had he been did made. not go on his own. The media tried to portray it, and it's very interesting because Ed Stetzer, yeah, um, was getting ready to write something on it. And one of the guys from the mission board, um, he said, look, I ran this mission board for 14 years. Um, and he said, Ed, before you publish anything, would you have a conversation with me? There's more here than meets the eye. And when I read that, I was like, okay, because we're talking about uh, an underground, you know, we talk about the underground church. And, uh, you know, going to countries where it's illegal to promote and share the gospel. Um, that's what that was. And it can't be, a lot can't publicly be said from they're, they're engaging in something illegal. We got to keep that in mind. So the mission board's in a very strange position where they need to, in one sense, they kind of have to defend themselves, but on the other hand, they can't say too much. They'll put the future of that mission in jeopardy. Number one. Number two, they will. Um, they'll also get themselves in trouble, you know, legally. So this this is uh, they as a mission board. I believe they, they apparently there was five years of hard work that went into opening up this mission, and at the end of the day, he had to go. You know, there was a certain point at which they were like, hey, he's got to go. So I agree with you. It, it, I understand the concerns. And I feel like with those concerns, um, you know, I don't think we're hearing everything. And I think media and even Christians, I, I think Satan doesn't want people getting reached. And I think that what we're hearing is like a, you're either a fundamentalist idiot who doesn't think about sociology, which is, it's very paternalistic how the more intelligent, I would say, more liberal uh, part of Christianity is talking down to those that are evangelical. In other words, there are those that, well, it's all about social needs, and that goes hand in hand with liberalism. And they're, they're very much talking, you know, talking down. And some of us have come from fundamentalist movements, you and I did, and we're not necessarily fundamentalists anymore. 
but there, we are evangelicals, which means we hold out the gospel. And as you pointed out, well, what, what really matters here? And there's a history that Christians are embarrassed of where missions used to be very, well, wrote on the back of imperialism. You know that. And I know that. It did. If, if, you know, Great Britain went to India, so did the gospel. You know, if uh, Great Britain went to China, well, so did the gospel. And so now there's this tendency to link mission work with imperialism. And the the problem is that we can't do that, you know. Are you, are you done? Do I get to talk again? Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, uh, the only reason I'm not laughing is my wife's calling, and I know it's something to do with a workman, a tradesman well, in my house. Go take it. I think she's got to talk to me. All right, take let me call, call you right back. So for those of you who were uh, just now tuning in, we had a little break there because Peyton got a, another call, and uh, I texted him. And this is this is why it's so important <laughs> that when you text, you be careful what button you push, because it's been like you know eight nine minutes. Haven't heard anything back from Peyton. I mean, I'm on a time schedule just like everyone else, and so I text him. Do we need to reschedule? <laughs> Only I accidentally hit the exclamation point instead of a question mark. So imagine getting the text, do we need to reschedule? <laughs> or I, or I, you could read it this way, do we need to reschedule with the exclamation? And I was like, <laughs> Boy, my dogs are barking. Dude, as soon as I hit the send, I was like, oh, no, wait. Uh, sorry, meant question mark, not exclamation. Because, I mean, that totally changes the tone of the text, you know, between a um, I'm ticked and, you know, what's up? But the other day I sent you some gun thing that I thought you might enjoy. And uh, and then uh, what was right the after thing? that, we were talking about a project that you and I, which will remain undisclosed, that you and I were thinking, should we terminate this project? And I and I said, oh, well, let's carry it on till then and then end it. And then I was like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm, I'm talking about the project. I'm, I'm not talking about our lives, not suicide or anything. <laughs> I was dying when you said Don't connect that. those two texts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. So, anyway, back to what we were talking about, which I don't even remember where we left it. So, Well, I was talking about how we can't connect. God, just because gospel work in the past was connected with imperialism, we can't now. And it wasn't all connected. Do such a backtrack where now, because in the past, some of our – uh, forefathers, you know, they made their mistakes. Now, for fear of making mistakes, we can't go out and take the gospel to foreign lands because, well, darn it, we don't want to be. You know, here's the thing. I think a lot of us nowadays, it, it always comes back to this for me. I think people care too much about what other people think. You know, this guy is in heaven and he's got his reward. I don't care what you, if you think he was stupid or whatever. This guy went out. I'm sure the disciples did a bunch of stupid things. They did. We know they did. They went out, the 72, they did stupid things. And the apostles, and, and here's the thing, it's being portrayed as stupid. Like he just hopped on a boat on a whim after getting really inspired in a Bible study one night and went, oh, this was five years in the making. And so, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I mean, I think a, a large part of it, well, I don't know if it's a large part, but definitely a part of it too is 
a reflection of our current political climate that we're in, in the sense that, like, I remember seeing one guy's case, you know, he was breaking the law. <laughs> and right. I'm like, okay, all of a sudden, you're worried about breaking the law now because the reason why, you, you know, a big part of your, your reason for why this migrant caravan can't, you know, come into the United States is because they're breaking the law. So now all of a sudden we care about the law borders because we care about it here in America. Therefore I'm going to project that over there, you know, and taking the gospel over there. It's, you know, he's breaking the law. And I'm like, you know, you're trying to justify your own anger here. And so you're telling this guy, he can't go take the gospel somewhere else. The, it, it's funny. Cause I did see one guy comment on Facebook who is a missionary who's saying, Hey, there's a better way for us to do things. And I can take it from him. Uh, I'm not saying that what he said is, is wrong, but he's, you know, he's been overseas for 30 years. Now the, what I want to know is, is he a sellout? Is he just a dude who decided, you know what? I, I read the apostles. That's cute. Um, but I'm more intelligent. I mean, after all, I got my master's or PhD and I know a lot now. I'm a big boy. And, you know, I, I can I can tell you after reading the books I read, that's 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 different to me. Um, but the reality is I'm going to need to hear from somebody who's actually been to the mission field. Well, there's that. And with that, though, is. We have to have a, um, we have to be willing to be, for lack of a better term, hated or spoken poorly about by our peers if it means we're following what God is telling us to do. And so there is that, yeah, we do need to make sure that what is God really telling me to do personally? But if God tells you you're, you're to go, you're to go. You know, that's, that's it. You're, you're to go. You're, you're to, to not worry about what everyone else is going to say. You need to, you need to follow what God is telling you to do. Cause that's, that's who you need to obey. Not like, like I love that one guys. He didn't have a sending church. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like I just, <clears throat> yes. Having a sending church is important. We talk about it all the time in church planning, but it's also not the end all be all. At the same time, you still need to be obedient to what God is telling you to do. It's not as right. easy as, as black and white. I mean, you can't no, just say, here's not. a checklist of, you know, did these things check off? Okay, great. Now you can go. It's not that easy. If it were, right. God would have literally given us the checklist, you know? He would have said, all right, here's your checklist. Make sure all of these are checked off before you go. Yeah. So here's the thing is we're looking – at, um, we're looking at, at basically a generation that I think is not doesn't really have a lot of insight into mission anyways. And so for everybody, it's really funny because as many people as on Facebook, I don't think any of them have taken missiology courses. I don't think many of them know the history of mission. I don't think they know the theology of mission. I definitely don't think American Christianity is representative of first century style Christianity. Keep in mind the very first book that I ever read as a Christian was Fox's book of martyrs. And so for me, when I read that book, I was like, well, that's just what happens. You follow Jesus and he calls on you to die. Like that's, that's normal. 
And, and, you know, people will quote Bonhoeffer. Remember when Jesus bids a man come follow him, he bids him come and die. You know, tweet, 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 tweet. And then all of a sudden a guy goes and dies and it's like, <gasps> he was wrong, you know. And, and what's funny to me is it's like armchair quarterbacks sitting back saying um, all these people that are so uninformed about missions to begin with forget the very short history. They now become experts on mission, but they forget the very short history of Through Gates of Splendor, which you and I have talked about that Nate Saint dying and then his son made a documentary about it and he goes there and he meets the people like that actually did open the door for the gospel to go to the Alka Indian tribe. You there? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you basically Elizabeth Elliot goes there. And at that time there was a question and this shows how far we moved in, you know, again, coming from imperialistic roots, but Back then, it was America. It was the 60s. And the question was, do we go there and kill these people? You know, does this become a military operation? The government goes and wipes these guys out. That was in conversation. Um, and Elizabeth Elliot was like, I want to go back there and meet them. Like, I don't want this to be for nothing. And so she goes back there. And the the guy who killed her husband was the first concert, convert. The guy who actually threw the, you know, put the spear in Jim Elliot's chest. Right. Um, you know, and she had that on her. <laughs> if you ever went to Elizabeth Elliot's house, which it didn't, but I know someone who did, they said the weird thing was she had this spear on the landing of her staircase. So you're going up and down her staircase. No, oh, there's, there's the spear that killed my husband. But that's, that's what mission work is. Mission work is I, I am going to, to give the gospel knowing that that might cost me my life. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, th I think it's a really sad state in the church. I, I really do. I just, the, the presumption of guilt, you know, that was projected onto this guy immediately without even bothering to learn the story. You know, let's, let's not even bother to, to hear everything that went into it. Let's not bother to hear that it's five years in the making. Let's not bother to find out, Oh wait, he quarantined, uh, before he even went to make sure he wasn't bringing anything with him. He was vaccinated up. I mean, but for a lot of Christians right now to stay consistent, they have to be like, well, you know, there's a border there and he broke the law because right now they're trying to be all upset about our borders being broken. Right. Right. Uh, that's, you know, that's a really interesting point that uh, they want well, that's a, you know, I haven't even thought about it from that angle. That's, that's the irony. Well, I think they're trying to be consistent. Yeah. And but this is what people do a lot. This is what people do. They will often say things like, um, you know, they'll, they'll wait and see kind of what, what sounds good. This is what Americans do often. I, I respect the fact that Stetzer, he listened. You know, he was about to write something, and then he listened to the guy and said, yeah, I want to find out more, you know, because you kind of don't want to get this wrong, right? Like, if the dude was called by God to do this, and he goes out there, and he dies, it's all easy to go, wow, see, I told you I was a stupid idea, but maybe this is God's plan. That's kind of what I'm getting at, is unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it, it does not bear much fruit. This may be God's way 
of actually bringing this tribe to faith. And we, we just haven't seen it. Now, it might have locked it down tighter than ever before, which if, if I'm looking at this, um, I, I, there may be things we don't know. There, there may be some kind of demonic stronghold in this place that um, it, it definitely seems with the backlash that's happened over this, that there's something demonic going on here. I mean, I, I, I think I think this island it's a, it's a little more important than, than we may realize in the spiritual scheme of things. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, when, whenever I see this kind of opposition and backlash to something, this straightforward sharing the gospel as a missionary and giving people the gospel, like what church would you ever go into that you could think of that would call itself Christian and say, Hey, we're going to go take the gospel to unreached peoples and get backlash from, well, we don't think you should do that. no, no, that's wrong. Like, if you had told me 20 years ago that I would hear that in a Christian church, like, Facebook's different because people are morons on Facebook. Like, people just basically. As uh, you said in last week's podcast, Facebook well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, what people you already people are, are. Yeah, people are just uninformed and they'll read something on Facebook, go, oh, I like how that sounds. And then they, they take up that cause and drive it home with such a lack of information backing it, but a strong opinion, but no information. And so this is the thing is I think there's information we don't know. And, you know, as you, as you look at this though, again, I just, I just find it preposterous that I can go to these churches on a Sunday morning, talk about raising money to reach people with the gospel. Like what, what does the church even mean anymore? Like, how far off have things gotten when you have to give an apologetic for taking the gospel to unreached people? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Really. What? Where? Where? How? How far are we away from the gospel anymore? Right. I mean, and again, part of it is uh, it's an American thing where. Um, Christianity has been such a huge influence on the nation as a whole for the last 200 some odd years uh, versus other countries where, you know, your, your buddy who we met years ago, I think his name is Leo. um, He was from France and he was like, man, it's totally different over here. He goes, if you're going to be a Christian over here, you're all in, you're all in because it's not like in America. Like you are the minority and you are probably the only one who feels that way and you right. got to be all in. And here in America, we're like, no, wait a second. You know, we've grown up with this. We've had all this. Now we're not sure what we think about any of this and how dare you, you, you know, even try and take it to other countries. We're just, yeah. we're just exporting, you know, uh, white men uh, and their, their religious beliefs for the purpose of control. I mean, that's literally what some of people are saying. Yeah. But it it just shows, you know, that the the Bible does say there'll be a day where evil is called good and good is called evil. And we're in that time now. So even even when and, you know, you've heard me talk about like northern Israel in the Old Testament that the, you know, northern Israel was like they they reshaped the worship of Yahweh into whatever they wanted it to be. 
Um, so they, you know, like Isaiah says, you know, you, you make an idol and you say, behold, behold, Yahweh, behold the Lord God, you know, and he says, you point to this idol and say, it's me and it's not. And, and, and that's where we're at right now is people are, are claiming, like I, I'll hear stuff on, you know, on Facebook or, you know, people will post clips in some of the groups I'm in and say, what do you think of this? You know, and it'll be some preacher and he'll have a big church and, He'll be saying stuff, and you're like, "Yeah, no, that's not, you know, that's not even theologically accurate." It's it's not like I'm the theology police, but that is just so fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Like for example, today, um, I was just kind of looking at the fact that, you know, if you uh, if you want to talk to somebody about um, suffering, like Francis Chan pulls this point out in his book, and he says. Suffering is a really big deal uh, in the New Testament. It's an expectation that you should have if you're going to live as a Christian. And he, he drives that point home. But if you look at, you know, most of the really big churches in America today and you listen to the sermon content, it's they'll say, oh, we're, we're meeting the felt needs of, of people to give them the gospel. What's actually happening is a distorted gospel is being preached a gospel that focuses on your needs and it's a gospel that talks to you about uh wanting to help you feel better well if if you want to feel better take an aspirin you know do heroin i don't don't care what you do you can do a lot of things that are going to make you feel better but it's not christianity christianity never comes in and says hey i want you to feel better christianity comes in and says want you to know god and I want you to draw close. I want you to be intimate and close with him. But how Paul says, you know, I, I leave all things behind and I do this one thing. I press on. And he says, I want to know. Right before that, he says, I want to know the the fellowship of his suffering and the glory of his resurrection. You know, that that's those two things. You know, it's it's dirt in the clouds, like Gary Vaynerchuk says. You know, his whole thing is dirt dirt in the clouds. You know, you have your moments where it's the clouds, you get your glories, and then you have a lot of dirt, right? You're you're down in the dirt a lot. And Christianity's dirt dirt and clouds, man, big time. You're you're in the dirt a lot. It's a fight, it's a slog, there's lots of suffering. And the glory that you have as a Christian, it's it's not the praise of men. It's the approval and acceptance you get from God. You know, I was uh, watching last night uh, some TV before I went to bed. And uh, one of the, the great theological movies of all time was on TV, uh, Bruce Almighty. And uh, oh, it's a great film. <laughs> so I was watching it. And I was kind of taken back because I, I like watching stuff like that to see what what does culture believe about God? Right, because you can you can actually see a lot of what people believe when they're putting together creative things like films, plays, musicals, because their their personal beliefs are obviously their worldview is being exposed, and right. and so I love seeing that stuff because then that kind of helps you prepare for okay, this is what people are thinking, how do I address this? So I, I wasn't watching much of it, and uh, it was the scene where. All of a sudden, Bruce can start hearing everyone's prayers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and he's trying to file it. And finally, he puts it all into a computer uh, email type program. And, 
you know, it does the count and there's, you know, 1.3 million prayers, uh, just from the Buffalo area. And, and as common as what a wine, what a bunch of whiners we are. <laughs> and, hmm. and, and then he, you know, immediately goes into auto reply. Yes. To, to every prayer. <laughs> and, you know, so that I think there was like 10,000 people who won the lottery. <laughs> and, it's so funny. So they all got like seventeen dollars each, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> but that is thing, super funny, dude. The thing that kind of grabbed my attention though was one, okay, what a bunch of whiners we are. So the the worldview behind that is the time that we go to God is when we want something. And and I think there's a lot of truth to that. And there is a time, obviously, when we have needs, we go to God. But I was like, man, I wonder how I wonder what the ratio of just praising God and giving God mm. glory is and how much of it is for us so self-absorbed that even our prayers, you know, the majority of our prayers, God, give me this or God, do this for me or God, I need your help here. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I'm making sense in, in what I'm trying to get across here, but, you know, certainly the writer's worldview was the only reason why you would pray to God is to ask for something. You'd, you know, the thought of praying to God just to give glory to God would never happen. Right. To think. Yeah. Would never happen. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I actually think that what we're, what we're going to find is that the, um, I think we're going to find as we move on that, People are are particularly as they know the Bible less and less. Um, we're we're living in a time of Bible illiteracy, and particularly as okay things like Facebook. This is going to sound really ironic to the to our listening audience, but in times past, I've always thought of discussion. Discussion to me is a tool for basically get people getting getting an opportunity to interact with the gospel in church. But before I understood the tool that discussion could be, most of what I'd seen in a pre-Facebook world was that discussion and interaction was often pooled ignorance. Like, for example, we would go into college classes and we would talk. And again, we're 18, 19 years old. And they, we'd be in a poli sci class and they'd open up. Let's say they opened it up on, you know, gun debate and gun laws or abortion or whatever it was, some real controversial topic or even philosophy class. When we talk about religion, there's all these 18, 19 year old kids who barely read any books or watch documentaries or educate in themselves. And any, I don't care how you educate yourself, but most of them were extremely ignorant. And discussion to me just seemed like a waste of time. Like, why am I listening to all these ignorant people discussing um, things that they don't know anything? Like, I'm again, there's a lot of opinion here, very little of knowledge. And, and, and so Facebook, to me, has just taken that to a new level, right? I don't hardly ever – you know, it's funny. Martin Samaripa on um, – that thread that yeah. we were talking about, uh -huh. I learned a bit from him. Now, I don't think what he said was accurate necessarily. Like, I didn't agree with a lot of what he said, but I actually felt like he was informed 
on his topic, right? He had a lot of facts and figures, not saying all of them were right, but I felt like, well, there's a guy that I respect at least because he's speaking about something. He's put a lot of thought and a lot of research into. Now, he may have been thinking after reading propaganda. That's always a danger. But still, I felt like I got a good representation. I didn't just get, you know, the 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 guy who um, drives Uber, you know, talks to people in his car all day and doesn't really know anything. Does that make sense? Yeah, except I, I disagree. I think it was all propaganda. I'm not, but that's what I'm saying is a lot of it was propaganda. Yeah. But what I'm saying is it was informed. He was informed. If I was going to talk to a socialist, I would hear that. Right. The fact they may not agree with it doesn't mean the that fact it wasn't. That the, uh, the fact that it's all straw man arguments and I could easily tear it down has nothing to do with anything. But okay. Co- correct. But he would say that about the other opposing sides. Argument because but he wouldn't both be able to. That's, that's the problem with uh, good foundational logic. You, you, you kind of have to start yelling names like the other guy because <laughs> you ain't going to be able to defeat it. Well, and that that's the thing is – but but what I'm saying is, you know, obviously to me discussion is a tool now. It's a powerful yeah. tool. Yeah. But Facebook is not the place that highlights the use of discussion. And so what, no, what – I don't know why I went off doesn't. on that huge tangent. But, but my point is – Again, on this topic, guys, I think we need to wait and see what comes out. But it, we will get more facts, perhaps. We, the, the mission board may not be able. I think almost anything they say at this point indicts them because of the illegal activity. But Yeah, and I, I think- would also say it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter that much to you. Like, whether or not you're called to the mission field or not, I mean, certainly I think you benefit from – learning as much as you can. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to choose to either do what God has called you to do or to ignore what God has called you to do. Right. And, right. and I don't think most people who listen to this podcast are going to wind up in that camp where they go, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and ignore it. I, I right. think they're, they're going to go into it with their eyes wide open of, okay, I do need to take into consideration all these different things. But at the end of the day, like you said before, um, following God is dangerous. Right. And we're all going to die at some point. You know, almost 100% of us have died. <laughs> I know you, right. I, I know you, you and I differ on uh, what actually happened to Enoch, but I'm telling you, Hebrew says he didn't die. That says it right there. He didn't <laughs> die. <laughs> <laughs> and Elijah so, didn't die. I'm just saying, you know, but so technically that means there is a kind of a loophole there with death. I mean, biblically speaking, but for the most part, I know I'm not Enoch or Elijah. I'm, I'm pretty much a gunner. Um, yeah. So am I going to be, am I going to be willing to die for Christ or am I going to be, you know, Oh no, I want to stretch it out as long as I can, just in case, just in case this is it. I mean, yeah. I, 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 that's the only thing I can think of. Is the thought, what if this really is it? Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Um, As, like I said, as we get, and this this is what I would say for church planners. Um, Here's kind of the big takeaway before we finish, but it's what I said, not what Pete said. So, you know, listen to this. Um, Like like Ehud in the book of Job, behold, I have, (laughs) remember when he comes at the end and he's like, Hey, you know, all this ignorance that I've heard, you know, even he bashes everyone else and he comes and goes, but behold, I will speak for true wisdom. 
Sorry, it's just that's funny to me. Um, but no, here's one of the takeaways for church planners. All, all I you, can think of with that whole Enoch line was, oh yeah, wasn't there a whole city? Do you remember that? What? No. Your wife's best friend. Oh. Do you remember that from back in the Don't day? Don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> back in the day. Oh my gosh! When Pete walks in, when when we're talking to my wife's best friend, who's a Mormon, and, and I didn't know that she wasn't there. Your wife wasn't there. You were in the other room changing like the baby's diaper or something. And I don't know if she's a Mormon. And we're talking about uh, Dr. Walter Martin. And and I go, oh, you know, he did a lot of work, you know, with the uh, the cults like uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and uh, the Mormons. She goes, I'm a Mormon. They're not a cult. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm like in the other room dying, like laughing, going, oh, he so just put his foot in it. And didn't she go, I'm a Mormon. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And Pete's like, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> You just—I think you started saying more things, like more words. Were there a cult? Because well, no, I—I I didn't justify. I didn't. I did. I definitely did not do that. But I don't remember what else I said afterwards. But you kept. You started talking fast. Oh my so gosh, funny. dude! After that, and I'm dying. Because then you came back in the room, and you—the way you described it—you go all of a sudden. I could hear a pin drop in my own head because, like, oh of what I had just said. And then you were like, you came back in the room, and you're like making the, the whole conversation lighter again, make the conversation lighter again. Maybe that should be the, the, <laughs> the new slogan. And, and then you said something like, um, Oh yeah. Did you know that uh, Enoch didn't die? <laughs> and then she goes, yeah. Wasn't there like a whole city that didn't die? Cause in the book, of, well, I don't know if it was the book of Mormon or one of their books. They say, yeah, Enoch went, you know, like raised up this whole city that was so good that none of them died. And, Went to he went to live in a whole city full of Enochs. Yeah. So, so, so here, here's the thing. Take away church planners. This, as time goes on, increasingly, don't be surprised that your people are going to be biblically illiterate. You know, we're church planning, we're reaching the lost, but guys, reaching the lost contextually with the gospel doesn't mean you got to dumb things down. I am really, really tired of pastors thinking. Everything has to be kept at like, you know, a a nine or 10 year old level. It doesn't. People are hungry and they're intelligent. And you guys have to educate your people. So, for for example, like Refuge Long Beach, I mean, that may be a little church, man, in the inner city. Those people know the Bible. I mean, those people know and they know how to discuss. They know how to critically think. I've watched people navigate things like racism and out of the scripture, you know, which as you know, Pete, there's a lot of racism in Long Beach, Mm -hmm. you know, from all sides. There's Aryan Brotherhood, there's Mexican, there's African American, there's a lot of racism. We've got a congregation of people that they've worked through that stuff. They've worked through stuff like drugs. And they're not they're not just going, oh, what's the party line? Was they're biblically literate. And I want to say you should be educating your people uh, to to not, and this is what I'm getting at, in a world where opinion is so highly valued because of things like Facebook and knowledge is not, you've got to start valuing knowledge in your congregation. Now, I, I hear you already saying, oh, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Um, what What Paul means is just having knowledge isn't enough. If you just have knowledge, then you'll get arrogant. 
but if you have knowledge and love, because Peter, if you remember, in second second Peter chapter one, Paul says that you would add to your faith knowledge and to knowledge goodness and to goodness patience. Knowledge is the second thing there. So guys, I would I would in the face of this, I would start having, you know, if you if you meet like Church Zero describes, cha-ching, um, then you're already having these discussions. When these things happen, you should be talking to your people about it. You might be surprised that things get heated, that different opinions, things you thought, man, I, I thought I'd only hear one opinion on this. You might hear different opinions. And when you do, you've got to be able to train your people to talk respectfully and logically and biblically. We have to think biblically. Like Spurgeon said, um, that if men prick us, we should bleed bibbling blood. Everything comes back to the scripture. Once you're there and you, you know how to rightly divide the word of truth and apply these things, it's not that hard. But I go to a million passages and say, hey, you know, I quoted a couple today where this is just what you're called to. You're called to go on mission. I would say this guy, whether he did it wrong or right, is the picture next to the word Christian in the dictionary, in God's dictionary. Because this is, when you read Revelation, those that are martyred, they have a special place it, it basically, the Bible says, you know, the souls of crap. Where, the hold, hold on a second, man. Where are you? Because your your audio has been really bad since you've been on your little. Oh, sorry, here. sorry, dude. I'm uh, I, I was standing up on a chair. I was literally, I'm I'm in this old church building, so I'm standing up on a chair, and I think I was talking into the window, and it was echoing. Now I'm talking towards the sofa. Is that helping? Well, it's it's your Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, it's pretty bad here, man. I'm sorry. If I were at home, it'd be stronger, but I'm not. So you're you're good right now. So go ahead and finish your. Okay. Monologue. All right. No, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's how I. Can we break in? That's how I stop your monologues. Y M C A. We're gonna get. Are we gonna do that? Like we talked about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I made that up. I thought so. Well, let me ask you this. If you're about ready to go out on mission, um, who's going to help you with all of that uh, bookkeeping you got to do? Well, it's funny you should ask that, my friend. Uh, I would go to simplifychurch.com, and they will help you with all of your online giving needs, Pete, so that you can go off and (laughs) – I can't go there. (laughs) I've just stopped myself. That was wisdom. <laughs> no idea. Hasn't been much during going. this podcast, but um, yes, go to simplifychurch.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. So simplifychurch.com, all your work comp, uh, payroll, uh, IRS compliance, tithing, accounting needs, they do it all. Simplifychurch.com. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for joining us today for the Church Minor Podcast. This has been Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones reminding you, if you want to reach the <laughs> this is this is the slogan for what we've been talking. If you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you've got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. But uh, make sure you got a church uh, sending you. And, oh, wait, sorry. 
uh, and and make sure make sure that you know you're not going to give people diseases when you go and it's all going to be safe and stitch up and it'll be your best life now and nobody will judge or critique you on facebook <laughs> because after all public opinion is really what matters not what god thinks or commands us to do Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music